Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists with an office in West Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready. We're going to talk a little bit about these FAQs. Uh, Let's start with this first one. We've had this numerous times. Should we have mom or dad or whatever the case might be sign over their house to us before they die to avoid having the house as part of the estate. That comes up many, many times in these email questions. Right. And people do have to consult a qualified attorney for advice on these things. And I've helped uh, or referred people to estate planning attorneys that we work with. And what I understand in talking to them is that that is not the best decision unless you're trying to qualify for Medicaid. If I understand there's some strategies in getting the house out of your name prior to that, but whole you know, you got to do it by the book because they can come back and, you know, uh, unwind that transaction, if you will. Right. They do a look back period, right? A lot of times Correct. to make sure people aren't trying to Sometimes it's things. three or sometimes it's five, something yeah. like that. The whole thing about keeping it out of the estate is that if you, if you give it to a child pre-inheritance, then that person takes on the liability, one, because if your name is on an asset and you are sued, mm-hmm. it's one of the things they can go after. So that's not necessarily the best. We're a very litigious society. Right. Secondly, under current tax law, there's a step up in basis for capital assets. So if you leave a piece of land or home to a child, it goes to the value it was as of your passing. And that the child then sells it from that point, they only pay on the difference between those two prices. If you give it to them prior to being inherited, then they're an owner of it, so it goes back, and they sell it, goes back to the original amount that you paid for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you've had a home for a long time that has a huge appreciation. That could be a lot of capital gains in there. And so you know, one of the things that uh, was floated that the Biden administration wants to look at is changing the step-up in basis. Now, they say they're only going to take it you know, on people that are over a certain amount, let's say, but uh, normally they, they get that little crack in the code. They want, they'd normally apply it to everybody, unfortunately. So... If they remove this step up in basis, it could cause a lot of problems because think about this. You have to remember what you paid for something. You had parents have a house for 60 years, right? If you're fortunate, What did they pay for the house 60 years ago? How much have they put into the house over that 60 years? Because improvements to the house add to the cost basis. So it can be a – it's really easy to say, well, it's valued this right now when they died. And so if I sell it from here, let's say, you know, they paid 10,000 for it. It's worth 200,000 now. And the day they died, I sold for 201,000. I owe a – thousand dollars is my capital gain as opposed to going back to what it was and trying to track all that stuff so right right i hope they don't change that i think most accountants and cpas hope they don't because they don't want to be the ones you know, having to run down all those numbers well and again we talked about earlier about sometimes the there's so many intricacies when it comes to retirement planning and all these little things you know add up to that there's some stuff that we don't often think about maybe you know maybe just inheritance isn't on your mind it isn't something you're thinking about or you're not thinking you're going to receive one or whatever the case might be and so there's all these little nuances that can certainly get complicated that's why working with you know a qualified professional is a great idea and to your point 
point. You know, when you're working with somebody in this industry, they often have, you know, good contacts for other resources like elder law and estate planning and so on and so forth. So uh, when it comes to inheritance, that's not, again, really do your diligence, do your homework and find out what the best strategy might be. How about this scenario, Eric, where I'll just kind of make it more of a story where dad left me several hundred thousand uh, shares of, let's say, Johnson & Johnson stock when he passed away. How do I calculate those taxes that I'll owe if I cash these shares out? Is it the same kind of idea? Is it capital gains? It is. If if they inherited those in an account that is what we call a taxable account, so like a brokerage account or something like that, or just the physical shares. If it's inside of an IRA, then no, it's all going to be taxable, and mm, you got to pull okay. it out within ten years. So, but yeah, if it's just stock that's left and it's a capital asset under current tax law, then there's a step up in basis. So it'll go to the value it was when your father passed away, and then when you sell it from there, any appreciation from that point forward is long-term capital gains to you. So that could be uh, zero, depending on what tax bracket. It could be 15%, could be 18.3, could be 20, could be 23.8. <laughs> There's five capital gains rates, okay. depending on your income level. Right. So best is to, uh, you know, one, make sure those shares are in street form, not physical certificates. If they are physical certificates, you definitely want to get those back to a broker of some sort because held in street name, it's easier to transact them than when they're in physical form. If they're physical form, if, you know, they're lost due to theft or fire or something like that, you're out those shares. So, that's uh, the one I would recommend is getting them back into street form. That way you can track it through, you know, a, an account, so to speak. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And so in a lot of ways, again, kind of similar to the home, but this kind of, this time it's, you know, with shares. And that happens a lot of times when people want to leave, leave their uh, different accounts or whatever the case is when they pass on. Now, here's another one that we had. We, we dug this one out from a show a little while back, Eric, because it was certainly a sticky point. So I wanted to bring this one back up and we, we removed some names and things of that nature for folks. But uh, basically, uh, the lady says, Eric, my husband and I had only been married for six years when he passed away just a couple of months back. He had a life insurance policy, but didn't get it updated on his beneficiary designations. And so it still had his, you guessed it, his prior wife. I know that he wanted the money to go to me. So how do I go about getting this updated? And boy, we saw this, you and I were like, wow, this is going to be a sticky one. It is because uh, unfortunately the beneficiary designation trumps all other estate planning. Mm -hmm. So you can, um, you know, talk to the insurance company, talk to the ex-spouse. The ex-spouse can disclaim it. And so if they disclaim it, means they say, I don't want it, then that money goes into the estate and then it would probably end up with you anyways. Because well, you're certainly the, a possibility, but unfortunately, right. um, but unfortunately, money yeah. changes people sometimes. So, right, right, and these are one of the, you know you could um, just talk to the insurance company, see what leverage you have. You may have to consult an attorney. You know, showing um, here's a uh, divorce decree, here's our marriage license. You know, those types of things. But more often than not, unfortunately, those are those are binding. When you have that beneficiary designation, that is the law. And so there's a famous um, article that we show in our classes called The Pension Pickle that talked about a couple that got married later in life, and she forgot to update her beneficiaries. She had three of them on there, her mother, her sister, and her uncle. Her mother and uncle had predeceased her, so her sister was still there. So the sister was still alive. She died. He went to claim the account, but because it was the sister list as primary beneficiary, went all the way to the New York uh, Supreme Court, and they said, unfortunately what the beneficiary designation is overrides any other estate planning. And so the sister got it Mm. and it was over a million dollars. So make sure this is testament to when anything happens, you definitely want to make sure your beneficiaries are updated. And I I always call it on the D's 
anything that has a D in it. So divorce starts with a D, right? If you get a divorce, unfortunately, there's a lot of other stuff that goes along with that. But make sure your beneficiaries are updated. A uh, decade, every 10 years. Um, if you have a disability, if you add or lose a dependent, right? Mm, yeah. So yeah. anything usually with a D, um, you want to get those things uh, updated. And if there's a death. And then death, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, great point. And obviously that was a sticky situation. And, and there's these will happen when it comes to you know inheritances, leaving money, things of that nature. It can certainly get complicated. So if you have questions or concerns, you need some help, always check with a qualified professional like Eric before you take any action so that you can start to kind of get those ducks in a row, if you will. Give him a call at 515-226-1500. That's 515-226-1500. One more before we're going to take another break here, Eric. And this was a this is a situation where people often, when they pass on and they're leaving an inheritance, you know, if we're lucky, we're older, and our kids are are probably in you know their fifties by the time we pass on, right? They're starting to get, uh, you know, they're in that kind of prime earning years and all that kind of stuff. We talk about tax rates and all the time, but often they might have their own advisor. Maybe they don't live in the same area as mom or dad, right? So I know a lot of times you have some generational clients as well, and many advisors do, but let's say you live in a different area. And in this scenario, that was the case where the parents passed away, left the child a significant amount of money that was with you know being managed by the parent's advisor. And of course, the child had their own advisor and really didn't want to move the money. So the question became, is it okay to have two separate financial advisors in scenarios like this? And how do you go about that conversation? Well, it is tricky. Um, but I would say that if you have a financial advisor that you like that's working the plan for you, it's better that they have control over all the assets, whether that's your assets or inherited assets. Okay. Also, the advisor that your parents had might have been managing that money for their age and risk appropriateness, not necessarily yours. And if you ask anybody if they want to be like their parents, there's always an astounding no. (laughs) (laughs) They don't want to be like my parents. Uh, Some people like their parents. So that's the thing. It's just if you you have someone that you're working with and um, they're creating a plan for you, it's better if they understand all the pieces of it. Because when you go to take the money out, if it's in different tax buckets, there's three different tax buckets that money can be in. Taxable, tax-deferred, tax-free. And if they're doing it right, they're blending all three of those so that you're getting the most income you can paying the least amount tax legally possible. Okay, but if you have, you know, this person over here that's running this and this person over here that's running that and you start to take money out and the two aren't talking to each other because notoriously financial advisors don't like other financial advisors because they always think they're doing (laughs) wrong and we're doing better. Right. But it's just, you know, there's no coordination. In other words, what you have. Okay. now, if you're you know, do it on your own or if this is like some really high risk stuff or something like that, there might be a case for that, but it's always better to have it under one roof and that we have a coordinated approach. Well I wonder sometimes too if we apply that same logic when we do get an inheritance, you know, well, you know, mom and dad worked with this guy and they really liked him, or they left me the house and I can't bring myself to sell it because they gave it to me. I think the emotion really sometimes takes over and that's probably really not even what their intent was. They're leaving this to you because they knew, you know, like we're all going to check out at some point and now now it's on you to do what's going to be best for you. And I think we apply that emotional factor when it's probably not even intended. Right, right. There, and then and the emotions, people like to think they make logical decisions, but they don't. They make emotional <laughs> right, decisions. exactly. And so you got to get past the emotion. But um, it's always recommended that you have one coordinated approach if you're working with somebody and they, they know everything and have access to everything. That'd be my advice in someone in that situation is go with that one person. It's just like, you know, my, I went to my wife and said, hey, I got want to see a picture my girlfriend over here and you know you two can discuss you know what to do for my birthday 
Yeah, I don't, somehow I don't think you'd be talking much anymore. <laughs> no, no, would would not work. So it's not to say it's that bad, but right, right. Um, you know, people always remember funny things. So having one coordinated approach, and that's what we like for our clients. You know, we like to we're all in for our clients. We want them to be all in for us. Now, I have no problem with them if they have their own trading account. You know, and they want to. Hey, I want to you know, be able to buy a stock if I see it. You know, I hear something at work, or you know, I see something in the on the street, and I want to you know invest in that. That yeah, that's fun money. Yeah. Yeah, no problem with that. But when you want to talk about, hey, I'm going to take money out and I want to do more tax efficient, it's nice to know where all the money is and if you have control over getting the money out or at least make some suggestions. So just work with one. If you if you like that person, then let them handle everything. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard on today's podcast and would like to schedule a complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, call now. 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. That's 515-226-1500. They are Iowa's retirement specialists and standing by to help you achieve your financial and retirement goals. Want to ask a question online? Visit the team at askericpeterson.com. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast, making sure that you're retirement ready. Did you know that Eric Peterson also has a radio show? Tune in to the Retirement Ready Radio Show, Sundays at noon on AM 1040. WHO. Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Any references to protection benefits or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor.